Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. As always, I am with my guys. First off, Mr. Matt Welty. How we doing, buddy? Hey, it's uh, earlier in the week than normal, but we're here. Yes, sir. And, of course, Mr. Brendan Dunn. What's up, my man? Okay. You know what that is? Do we have to? Do we have to clear it? No, we, we're good. Okay. What's that from? I, I was, it, it was supposed to be the Godfather theme. Um, Are we did, okay? Did you do another one this weekend? <laughs> it's, it's been a running bit. I just want to get it out of the way at the okay. top. Godfather three, famously not very good. I fell asleep. It didn't capture my attention. I got to try again. That's how you spent some of your weekend, the long weekend. Man, it was it was a busy weekend. It was a hectic weekend. Whew. What we do? How how I went back to Long Island. I had some nice bolognese. If we're talking, you know, Godfather and some Italian, <laughs> let's let's make that connection. Uh, Paint the my, picture for me. My Joe. mom's my mom's infamous bolognese always hits. Okay. And it was nice to chill out a little bit, and it, it felt like Friday because the weather was so nice. It actually yeah. felt like a real day off. Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. guys, you know, a little different that it was? What was it? Almost sixty degrees, and it really felt like for the first time off a nice. What what was the fit like? Fit. What did I have? Uh, just a hoodie and, and pants. You know, just a hoodie and, and um, some on noir pants. Ah, actually, it's new like a bag. on. <laughs> no, no, no. New on noir pants. Shouts okay, to okay. Rob Garcia. He sent like these new these new pants that and, are they uh, leather? They're not leather. They're not leather. Kind of uh, like a nylon material. The the type that swishes when you walk. Joe, have you worn uh, have you worn leather pants once during quarantine or no? The last Instagram with the busy peas, those are on noir leather pants from 2014, guys. Bringing that feeling back. Yeah, so, yes. How did it feel to have the, you know, the dead animal skins caress the calves? Oh, was, yeah. <laughs> the calves caressing the calves. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you know, you feel like you get your superpowers back a little bit when when you put those on. So those mm-hmm. on noir leather pants, though, still hold up and uh, mm-hmm. had them for... Uh, a while how'd you guys spend your weekend i had a real a real ordeal on friday that i hinted at to wealthy but i wanted to save the full story for the podcast i I think this was the day it was it was it was a sunny day in brooklyn and and technically we had the day off right it was a mental health day is that what that was but but we were still we were still working because we had a shoot but I, i i left in the morning to go help a friend joe holder out because he had moved into a new place right near me and so we were going to carry some furniture up the stairs. So okay. 
Walk a couple blocks down. Joe's outside, and there's a couple pieces of furniture. We take the first one. It's pretty light, but it's kind of tough to maneuver because the stairways are, are narrow. And we get it to the you know the second floor, the, up to the top, and we get it in very easy. And we get back down, and he props his door open, and we get back down, and there's just two more pieces, and one is a heavy one. It says very heavy on it. So I'm like, let's just get that one out of the way, right? So we pick it up, and Joe's a Nike master trainer, so he's he's equipped for this type of thing. Me, a little less so. I had to, I had to, I had to set it on my shoulders for a lot and just just walk it up there. But we're, we're finessing it, and we're maneuvering it, and we get it up to the top, right? We get it up to the top, and we set it on the banister briefly, okay? And there's a little there's a little landing, a little half a hallway right outside his door, and we set it on the banister, and then just to take a break, and then we shift it down before we put it in in the door. And as we shift it down, this giant box that's containing a literal couch lands right on the nozzle of a fire extinguisher. This is what you're talking about. This is what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and the fire extinguisher just starts unloading. Have you guys ever been in this situation where a fire extinguisher I've went off? I've seen it. Right? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. It goes crazy, right? Oh, my dude. And we took it off pretty quick, but it just kept going. And I'm freaking out. Because I think those things are designed basically to to choke out the oxygen because oxygen feeds a fire. So I'm like, Joe, I can't breathe. I'm like, wow. I'm like losing it. And there's... At this point, the couch is blocking the doorway, and there's a little triangular hole for me. So I'm like, I escape into his apartment and like do a little tuck and roll through there. And there's the the fire extinguisher chemicals are everywhere, all through his apartment. It, it was it was a mess. The cleanup must have been crazy, huh? He sent me down to the corner store. I went to the wrong store, and then I went to the other store, and I couldn't Oof. find the stuff. And some lady stopped me in the middle, saying, "Is your hair that natural color?" And I was like, "I actually don't know, Miss. I don't know because there's." fire extinguisher chemicals all in yeah. she was helping me out finding the stuff and then they didn't take the credit card that he gave me and it was it was a long it was a long morning all right but you survived i did all right so next time we need to move apartments maybe we don't call you no no, no i'm, I'm, here, for, okay. I'm here to help <laughs> okay we got, we got the thing up the stairs man okay it was heavy but we got and what do what about you you're being a little shy what oh uh, had a had an awful time this what? weekend why uh, what happened uh i ended up uh Saturday, well, this weekend, there's like a thing called the CrossFit Open where it's like they, they have like, I'm not trying, I'm, not, I'm, to this. I'm yeah. not competing in it, but they put out a workout that like if you wanted to technically qualify for like the CrossFit games or whatever, like here's yeah. like the like the five, a weekly workout of like the qualification one. So I did that one and I did another one um, on Saturday. So it was like completely toast and made the mistake of like forgetting to eat dinner. And going out with my friends, and somehow I got like corralled into going to some bottle service bar, which is like completely. And this is after you had done the oh CrossFit boy. workout. Yes, where oh I don't go. Testing the limits I, of your body. I don't go to these places at all. This is like mm -hmm. not my scene. So I get to the front door, and the guy's like, oh, "I'm gonna need your credit card and ID." I'm like, "Why do you need my credit card?" And he's like, "Oh, there's a four hundred dollar minimum like per table." Wow. And I was like. I'm like, dude, where did you? I'm like talking to my friend Tony. I'm like, dude, where that? Like, you asked me if I wanted to go out for a drink. I'm like, why are we here? Yeah, you know, like, and so I did didn't you eat, go in or how did I went the in? There? I went in and then like I didn't eat dinner and I ended up drinking like a fish bowl or something like that and it was aw or not even the whole thing, just a bit of it and it was awful and like I had to go home, had to go in an Uber. Felt sick, like walked home. Apparently, like sprained my ankle, like. Uh, in uh it was not and i didn't want to put myself in this situation and i put myself in that situation and i kind of learned that i'm too old for these sort of situations and rough couple of days Oof. don't uh don't do that sort of stuff again just that the same dinner that coco was wearing the sheets from the no, 1999 no. <laughs> no, 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 no no that was that was okay. mild that was that was a okay. mild nice dinner this was okay 
awful. I think you have to know some time when to respectfully bow out of situations and just. Yeah. You know what though, Welty? As as rough a couple of days you've been having, I feel like there is a shining silver lining yes. around this dark cloud. There is a pair of yes. sneakers on your way. It seems. Let's yes. talk about or, or it. Hopefully, hopefully. And I was wrong. Let's just get that out of the way right away. I was Fingers mistaken. Crossed. We talked so, about this last week. Nick Diamond promising you the pair of shoes. I had thought that he had promised you the white diamonds. It is the canary diamond dunk, the rarest of them all. Welty, where are we at with that right now? Uh, got a DM from Nick last night mm-hmm. saying, "What's your address?" Okay, and then That's a then good giving sign. him the address, then giving it, giving him the address, and him sending back the thumbs up emoji. Okay, That's so a good sign. yellow canary diamond dunks. The Soon sequel to, land. to the Tiffany SB. Mm-hmm. What a big project. We talked about the Complex Con Madness. That might be showing up on your doorstep very soon. I hope so. We going to do an unboxing on Twitch or what for those? <laughs> Some <laughs> we special gotta celebrate content? the occasion. Are you gonna are we gonna see him on the full size run, Cam, or what? Uh possibly. I, okay. I really I really Yeah, you might have to break those out right away, Welty. I'm really excited for it. You know, it's like yeah. I mean it's a grail for a lot of people, but it's one of those shoes, especially if it comes from the man himself, it's like yeah. it's almost like invaluable, you know? Yeah, so for sure. Welty, have you been getting rid of sneakers lately? I'm looking at your background here. I can see your video on the Zoom, and it looks quite organized, and I am very jealous. Yeah, I mean, trying to keep it um, more for better appearances. I know we may have some things coming up in the future where we have to shoot things, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Joe, just, uh, Joe, where are you at with your storage situation? I have been liquidating here and there. I really, I, I was texting you guys this morning. I have to do yeah. like a full audit and figure out uh, what I'm going to do. It's also tough when you're like kind of in quarantine and you're not seeing people. So it's not, it's not as easy to like, oh, I'll bring those in tomorrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I got to, I got to take one day and really figure it out. And, and um, you know, especially because we're not in the office where a lot of our stuff got shipped to the office now it gets shipped to the apartment yeah fills up quick yeah it gets a a lot more difficult so we got to figure that out i feel like i need to do a monthly clean out i I don't know if i texted you guys a picture but i got stuck here in my office this weekend where i was i was trying to pull a couple things out and then one tower fell and then more fell and it was literally i was trapped in here and it's a situation that comes up so many times in my life where but i i feel like i need to set a calendar reminder to just get rid of stuff once and if if you hear this don't dm me asking for free sneakers if you dm me (laughs) in response to the story there is no way i'm giving you person i do not know at all free sneakers i give a lot of sneakers away but i won't give them away to you if you come in my dms and ask for that okay and the weather, it's cold today, but the weather getting warmer, I think you got to do a, a apparel audit as well. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff stacked up. Fun, oh, funny story or a short story. Something I got pump faked on by a coworker of ours Ooh. this past weekend. I get, a, I get a text message from Ben Felderstein, good friend of the, of the program, okay. saying he wants to buy my cause figure, the orange one, because okay. everyone knows Ben loves orange. And I... Obviously, want to give him give him a good price, and I finally come up with a number which is fair. And he goes, "Yeah, that would be fair if I didn't just buy the Bacon Air Max 90s." Mm. So, so, so totally so you guys going back and forth, or the deal is, is off the table. Deals off the table. Bought sneakers instead of the. <laughs> He's excited about those Bacon Air Max 90s. Good for him that he. I think that he got a pretty good deal because he sold some stuff or whatever. Yeah, but uh, I think I, we're all excited for him, right? Bacon Air Max 90s, definitely. And Dave Ortiz posted the Huey Lewis pick inside <laughs> DQM. I love when the guests follow up on stories. So 
I got a follow up too from that last week's episode where we had Dave Ortiz, founder of Dave's Quality Meat, as our guest, and I said in there that I could maybe find a pair of current Air Max ninety bacon's to send to him. I did find. I had a pair listed at Index PDX in Portland, my guys over there. So they pulled my personal pair, still dead stock years later, and they are en route right now to Dave Ortiz. So I am happy to help him complete his collection of bacon Nikes. Nice. You shipped them out and everything. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. The least we could do. Sneaker news this week, more dunks. Oh, the, the funny news uh, over the weekend where uh, Pirates, a leaker account, posted a supposed the oh, Virgil yeah. the 20 with all the photoshops on it which you know as as people are known to do on the internet there'll be like people who get leaked information of shoes right. and they get the word that maybe it's like a blue air jordan 7 just throwing a random thing so they try to recreate like a right. photo rendering of it and it's they haven't like, necessarily seen a photo they just have the, yeah, the colorway description yeah it's like a it's like the the courthouse artist rendering of the shoe, you know, um, <laughs> and he put together 20 photoshops of the Virgil, the 20 dunks, which is rumored to come out sometime this year in Virgil replies. I couldn't create that many bad colorways. If I tried, <laughs> I like Saw to see that. him participating in that way in this stuff. Do you think that the t- there's actually going to be a 20 with 20 uh, dunks of the same silo? I mean, Nike's already Nike's like already doing that. At I don't want to speculate. You know? I, I hate to speculate. I don't know. Brendan Dunn's still hyped on the dunks, though, and we're all surprised by. Yeah, it. every day it seems like he wants a new one. Or <laughs> every day, but the day before, it's me saying I'm not buying anymore, and then the next day I'm saying I want a new one. But I really think, I really think I'm done at this point. Guys, March Madness is happening, right? Are we? Do yeah. we care about that at all? It, they canceled Definitely. it last year because of coronavirus. How do we feel about UConn right now, Joe? UConn, UConn, Big East, a little shaky result. We lost, but I've been texting with Adam Caporell and They're in the mix? I don't know how. What's, yeah, what's, we're, what's in the mix. we're in the mix. Uh, I'd, ha- I'd have to check. You know, Direct all sports questions to the Complex Sports Podcast. But let me see. I Absolutely. think we are, we are a seventh seed. We're okay. a seventh seed, and we're taking on Maryland – which is funny because Maryland was actually my first choice to go to college, but I didn't get in University oh. of Maryland. Oh, they, they weren't feeling the college ex, uh, application not. essay? I guess not. I didn't get in, but I ended up at UConn, and I don't regret it. So, not And that's second. where I met Adam Caporell. So hopefully a little bit of revenge in the first round, uh, UConn 7C taking on Maryland. Uh, you guys going to watch the tournament? Don, you big into it? Oh, yeah, I'll pay attention to the Ducks for sure. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, and, and also we were speaking about this earlier, Welty, but I'm excited to see Gonzaga as a number one seed. I don't know how you guys feel about Gonzaga, but Gonzaga was a big deal in the area I, I grew up in. So I always like to see them do well, hope they do well. Welty, are you paying any attention? Rutgers actually made the tournament. I'm surprised. And that's like not basketball. a thing at all, right? Like Rutgers. <laughs> no, Rutgers, Rutgers men's basketball team is, or at least the women's team is historically good, but the men's mm-hmm. team historically bad. Do you have any hopes? Will you watch the game? Oh, I'm sorry. I said to. game as if they're only going to play in one. <laughs> potential games. Will you watch <laughs> yes, them? Yes, I, I, I think I think they are probably only going to play in one game. And I will who, who do they have tune in. in the first round? Do you know off the top of your head? We again, like Joe said, direct all sports inquiries to the Complex Sports Podcast. Do not fault us for not knowing the exact seating and schedule just yet. Last week was like the 10th anniversary of Kemba Walker's step back in the Big East tournament, okay. and I remember 
me and the complex GM, Donnie Kwok, actually were watching that as it was happening at a bar across the street from the old office on 23rd Street. So uh, March Madness, the Big East tournaments, they're always they're always a fun time. So hopefully this tournament is is uh you know full of upsets and, and surprises. So always a good time. They're playing Clemson in the first round on Friday. You guys I got a package. Can I get it? Can I get your permission to get a package? Yes, I heard it. Okay. I heard the doorbell. Go ahead. Sorry, Anything guys, I don't special? want to make that a running bit, but it's just real life, okay. you know? Anything special? No, that wasn't even for oh. me, man. Could have skipped okay. it. No, I, think, I think the most disappointing thing, Brendan, that you can agree on is that you're waiting for something or hoping that something good comes, and then you go and get the package downstairs, and it's a pair of worst take sneakers. <laughs> How does that work? You guys, people send worst take sneakers week by week, or what? How does it Phil, work? Phil, who works on the production, yeah, he's always buying stuff for us. So whenever you see an Amazon package that you weren't expecting, that's always some knockoff sneakers from Phil on the full yeah. side. Shots to Phil. Team. Shots yeah. to Phil. He helps me yeah. out, too. We do appreciate it, even if we hate to see those packages on our doorstep. We shot with Lala. Episode out now. Really great. Yeah, was, uh, was that was that, that was that was a lot of fun. That was she, a lot, lot she of br- fun. Yeah, <laughs> she brought the she brought the energy. Like energy was on like a thousand. She's awesome from the jump. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also just good stories about sneakers in general. So definitely, please go watch that and hit the like button. Also, if you're listening to this, make sure you. I guess we don't have a like button for the podcast, but you know, you know the deal. Subscribe. Leave a comment, leave a five-star rating. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Just make sure you check off those boxes before you proceed with us. And another bit of housekeeping with Omaze. I am giving away Complex. We are giving away a pair of Chicago Off-White Ones. And what? 15, yeah, $15,000. Can I apply? How can, can I enter? You can apply. Are you sure? Is that, is that legal? I don't know if you can apply, actually. I don't know. Let me think about that. You, you got me distracted. You got me distracted. I'm not sure Making if you can apply, that but you can't keep here. Everyone, everyone can apply at omaze.com backslash JLP. Chicago Off-White Ones, coveted pair, and also $15,000 to spend on, quote-unquote, streetwear or sneakers or whatever your heart desires. So Okay, I'm applying. Check that out. This is gonna it's gonna end up being like the McDonald's Monopoly uh, situation <laughs> where like the inside guy gets like all the tickets and Dave Matthews is gonna is gonna oh, finesse man, the whole thing for me. Wow. Randy Houston will shut that down quick. Absolutely. Shout out to our in house legal counsel. All right, guys, we have two guests this week. Two very big guests. Could not be more excited to talk to them and chop it up with them. So let's get to it right now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our guests on today's podcast are two designers who share both Chicago roots and the ability to make product that has impacted the footwear industry for over a decade. Although the pair's history is well documented, it was on February 1st of this year when the next chapter of their careers together would begin. On that day, it was announced the duo would be teaming up to lead Fear of God Athletics, a long-term partnership under the Adidas umbrella. One of the men will handle business and creative strategy globally for Adidas basketball, and the other was handpicked to serve as president of the new division. The move is sure to be not only one of the biggest stories in footwear this year, but perhaps will shape the future of the Three Stripes basketball division. In one of their first appearances together to discuss the monumental deal, we welcome to the podcast Jason Maiden and Jerry Lorenzo. Welcome, guys. Well, thank you guys for having us. Amazing. Yeah, so Jerry, we, we've spoken, obviously, on this podcast at length about your footwear resume and your history in this game. So I want to I start actually with Jason. And we don't want to talk too much about the past here today. We want to talk about the present and the future. But Jason, for the audience, can you kind of take them through your history in the sneaker game? Yeah, um, I would say high level. I started at the age of 19, you know, as, as Nike's first black product design intern and Jordan Brand's first design intern. So I've seen every evolution of this game from when it was a subculture, you know, hitting on Nike talk to now being a global phenomenon. Um, had my own company. I've consulted. I've done everything possible, invested. Um, and I just feel, you know, fortunate to have the type of career trajectory that allows me to stay relevant in different eras of the game. So I feel blessed. You've been there through so many eras, and this is obviously a new era for both of you. I want to know, how did you guys first connect or how long have you been aware of each other on a professional level? Uh, we met personally in Seattle for the first time uh, on the Yeezus tour, and our, our, our paths crossed at, at that moment for the first time. Jay was working, kind of consulting with Ye. I was full-time at the at that time running merch and uh, other aspects of, of Ye's, let's call them fashion endeavors, and then we just kind of stayed stayed friends and connected from there. Did you guys talk about footwear in that first meeting? Was it Was it a sneaker conversation? Oh, no, I was just, a, you know, what's up? Just, you know, very, uh, wasn't in depth around sneakers or anything like that at, at, at that point. I actually didn't know, Jason, that you were part of the Kanye West organization in, in some cursory way at one point. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was, uh, right in between, like, after my non compete ended and I started my research at Stanford. I had about a seven month period where I was consulting and helping out. You know, everyone knows the story of my son being sick. So this was that period when I was figuring out how to best serve him. And, um, you know, Ye was gracious enough to allow me to, you know, stay involved. But he also understood that I had a higher calling by serving my children. So it was it was about a seven month period when we first first kind of got things cooking. Jason, not to go over the past too much, just so just to make the audience a little bit more familiar. Some of like the bigger models that you've worked on in the past, you desi- actually designed the Nike Monarch <laughs> 2. So you're like kind of legendary in, in the in the dad shoe game and also designed the Air Jordan 2009. So you got to do a a signature Air Jordan sneaker as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done everything from work on digital innovation with Nike Plus and the Field Man to, 
you know, working on branding and logos for athletes like Carmelo and Michael Vick and, and also footwear like the Monarch and the Gang Shoe, um, plus a myriad of other, you know, celebrity collaborations like the Eminem 2, all the original Dornbecker stuff. Um, I mean, we, we, we did a lot. Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. So I was, I was very blessed, man, to kind of rotate through the entire company and touch every vertical. So how did you guys connect again when this Adidas partnership was forming? And, and what was that conversation like, Jerry, when you decided to bring Jason aboard as the president of your new Fear of God athletics line? I think it evolved organically and naturally in the same way that, you know, Fear of God has evolved. When I, when I kind of saw that Nike didn't see the future in the same way that I saw the future in terms of Fear of God's impact in the space, I knew I needed someone like Jason next to me to have these conversations with these potential other uh, partners at a different level. I had the vision of where I see fear of God and how it, the vision and the, and the uh, conviction of where fear of God sits in the space. Jason has a nuanced understanding of how that mechanically need, need, needed to work. And in addition to that, I mean, we just align in, in so many other ways in terms of like, uh, the purpose and, and, and why we were doing what we're doing. And we, we, we both are clear that it's, it's not about us. And we both are clear that we are um, trying to knock down doors for those coming after us. And then we connected immediately on that same understanding that, you know, how do we, how do we work together for the generation coming up behind us? And, and that's, that's our, that's what drives us. And that's, that's, that's the shared purpose and shared vision of a, of a greater um, understanding and that unspoken uh, thread that keeps us kind of tied together. And Jason, you had super heroic and Jerry, obviously fear of God. When did you guys realize, was it immediate after kind of the Jerry, the Nike situation, like we're both ready to jump into a big partnership with a big brand. Uh, is that a Jason question or is that a, <laughs> well, I mean, but both of you guys, you both had like, both had your own brands, but, but going to now work, with another big brand coming off of, you know, Jason's super heroic, your, your own brand. Um, I think, I think to Jerry's point, it was organic. You know, we never set out with the intention of saying, let's do business together. I think we were just aligned with our characters and our ethos and personal values in a moment presented itself. You know, Jerry, as a human being, the one thing that I tell people on the record is he showed up for me when it was inconvenient to show up. You know, people love to celebrate you when things are going well, but when you hit turbulent times, that's when you see who your real friends are. And, uh, you know, because of the market shifting due to COVID, you know, me having to liquidate the company and, and, and wind down and sell off pieces of it. You know, a lot of people were like, hey, OK, is Jason someone to affiliate myself with? Because we don't know if he's still relevant, which is so weird to say. I'm working on kids product. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jerry, as a human, as a man, as a business owner, but more importantly, as a friend and a brother was there for me um, through thick and thin. And I think it just naturally evolved um, into something that was business related. But it did start with just, you know, personal friendship. And, and, and showing up for people, um, you know, behind the scenes and not in a clout chasing way on social media. So that, I think that's how it started for me, at least, you know. It's interesting because the situation you described there is kind of in the same way the one that Jerry was telling us about of you've, you've been performing at this level. And, and Jerry, this is the conversation we had previously, but you were still operating under questioner. It was like, yeah. it sounds like, you know, Jason, you're saying that even, even despite the things you've done at the game, you would reach the point where people were starting to question you or whether or not you were the right person to associate with. Yeah, I wouldn't say question and associate myself with, but, you know, the thing about the sneaker industry is that it's fickle. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person that plays for forever. I don't play for the moment. I, I place bets on things that, 
you know, present itself as doing, you know, as being right, but not popular and working on kids product, you know, five, six years ago, mm -hmm. wasn't the thing that the industry celebrated. It was about high level collaborations and influencers, but I have a hard posture towards servitude and I wanted to serve the youth. And now it's convenient. Everyone's talking about the youth and the metaverse and technology, but I think that was more of the thing. I was going against the trend or the expected place that I should be. Everyone figured I should start my own high fashion brand, but I had a heart mm -hmm. for children. And so I think it was just me following my convictions, um, not following the current, you know, you know, cloud chase or trend that, that kind of put me in that position. So I just think we both kind of share this like full understanding of where the market is and understanding of hype and clout and all those things. But we've been fighting against those trends, you know, we, with, with fear of God, we've been, how do we, how do we create product that is outside of time and is outside of hype? And for us, you know, we're, we're fighting to get out of that conversation. And I think one of the things that was attractive of Adidas is their history and their product history. And I guess there, there's a Latin term that they use internally, which is like holy simplicity. And just the way that they approach product is the DNA in and of itself is in line with fear of God's DNA. And just how we approach product and the, and the design and the way the product feels, it's, it's function first. It's the, uh, the individual that's wearing it first, you know, the, the individual enters the room and not the sneakers that he's wearing. You know, the, mm. the, 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 the product is made to uh, support his style, not to define his style, if that makes sense. Mm. And so there were a, a lot of things within the Adidas DNA that were very in line with the way that Jason and I see the world. You know, and I think it wasn't about a uh, who's offering the better opportunity, but it was about who, who approaches product in the same way and then who's, who sees the future in the same way. And those are the two things that tie us together, you know, and, and I know the industry looks at it as, you know, clout and hype and bringing lifestyle to basketball, but it's so much deeper than that. You know, those, those are kind of the, the headlines of, of what it, what it, what the relationship appears to be, but it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely founded on something a lot deeper. And Jerry, we've talked about in the past, you love digging in the archives. How much have you got to dig so far? We've seen the billboard in Portland, but I know that you are, you love to dig through the archives. How much have you got? How excited are you? Can you give us a little sneak peek of what you've been digging in to uh, at, at Adidas headquarters? Uh, in, in all honesty, you know, at, at this point, because of COVID, we haven't even made it to Germany in the archives yet. You know, okay. so we've been, mm -hmm. we've, 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 you know, been looking at the digital archive and we, mm -hmm. um, they obviously share a lot with us in Portland. We've got designs that are, that are set. We have, you know, um, education that still needs to happen as well. And so we're, we're still looking to like get our hands dirty and like dig through those archives. I mean, you know, you mentioned it, Joe, it's like, I just love to touch and feel and like see things firsthand, you know, pictures can only do so much. And so um, that's one of the things that we're looking forward to. We're not letting that, you know, stop the process. You know, this is a, it's a long-term relationship, you know, and so we're, we're working on some things now, but then we're, we're, we're in this for the long haul. So as soon as we get over to Germany and get digging in there, I'm sure that's going to inform some, uh, some, some future decisions and future products. Speaking of archives, though, in the past, where does your, uh, both of your personal history start with Adidas and your memories of the brand early on? Uh, I keep talking, Jason. Can I, can uh, I go? <laughs> yeah, do your thing. Do your go. thing, bro. You're flowing. I, I think a lot, a lot of my personal 
like memories of the brand are like super iconic. You know, I think Jason's favorite athlete is like athlete is Jesse Owens. You know, I think of like Jesse Owens, Muhammad Ali. I think of Bob Marley that, you know, all he wore was Adidas. And of course, you know, there's so many like, you know, revolutionary individuals that were championing the brand that were aspirational to me as a kid. Um, you know, the Sambas were some of the first shoes that I had in high school that, you know, I would wear, you know, my Umbro short Daisy I think, Dukes. And, I think we know. all had that at one point, like <laughs> yeah, early, indoor early 90s, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, what, what I love about the brand is like, there's this like juxtaposition of this association with these high level and revolutionaries, everyone from like, Kanye West to like mm-hmm. Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali um, and, 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 and David Beckham. But the, the product has always taken a back seat. And, and I love how the product allows the individuals to, um, to shine. Um, and, you know, it's, it's always felt like, you know, when I put on a, a, a pair of Adidas, I feel like it allows me to like, for my own swag to kind of like take precedent. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm wearing the shoes, not like the shoes are wearing me. And yeah. there's something there's something about that, like timelessness around the brand that really is in line, again, with the way that Fear of God is approaches design. You know, how are we making product that transcends time? You know, how are we making product that transcends height? And I think that's the DNA of the brand. And I think, again, that was just what was so um, enticing for us. I mean. When I look to the relationship that I have with Nike, I feel like that was like the 12, 13, 14 year old aspirational relationship of like, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to be like Mike and mm-hmm. and all these other things that I got to do. And I'm so, you know, very humbled by the opportunity that Nike gave me. But as I look forward to the future, I feel like at the end of the day, like I'm fear of God as a brand is just more in line with, I guess, Adidas in the way that that we both see the future, the way that we see product. Mm-hmm. And Jason, in your early memories of Adidas? Yeah, I mean, to Jerry's point, you know, my favorite athlete of all time is, is Jesse Owens. My favorite basketball player of all time is Michael Jordan. Um, so my relationship with Adidas, you know, it was on the was on the heels of you know people who stood in front of you know adversity and challenges, and mm-hmm. they were authentic themselves. So Flo Jo, Muhammad Ali, you know. Mm-hmm. These people, Ron DMC, you know, crossing over and being a span breaker and a kid who grew up in hip hop culture, he started to see the nuances of not being someone that fit in. You know, they made it okay to be other. And so for me, Adidas represents an idea more so than a product and a company. And our idea is individualism. And that's what I like about, you know, this opportunity is we get a chance to, to paint a new narrative where the protagonist is the hero, not the artifact, <laughs> you know, not the product mm. itself, but the person. And I think that's important for this generation when they're seeking, you know, authenticity. And it's really hard to be authentic when you're trying to chase a trend, but it's really easy to be authentic when you're standing in your truth. And I think Adidas has always stood in their truth. And we have a chance to extend that legacy into the future. It seems like you guys are saying that Adidas allows for some deeper expression of one's personal identity than maybe the brands you've worked at in the past in terms of sneakers. Yeah. I mean, we would, you know, those companies would dictate cool in a way that made people feel like they were less than if they didn't have an object. And it was, it was, it was very specific, you know, to how, you know, the times were, you know, but the times have shifted. I think all of us post COVID are looking for a little bit more substance, a little bit more connectedness and togetherness. And, and 
looking within ourselves for our own strength instead of looking externally for something to validate us. And I think that's just the times we're living in. Jerry, how long was the idea in your head for Fear of God Athletics? Obviously, your family is deeply rooted in athletics. When did you have the division of Fear of God Athletics in your head? It's always been there. I mean, I, I approached Nike with, with you know, at the time I was kind of thinking of it as being like Fear of God performance. But when I approached the Nike opportunity, it was like I approached that with having a building at Nike one day. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's why I, I approached it with having our own silhouette that was rooted in authenticity, rooted in performance and creating a new silhouette that, you know, uh, was rooted in basketball, was rooted in, you know, hey, you could wear this not only to hoop in and, and, and get 30, but you can, you know, wear it to the club and, and score there as well. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I've always in my mind know that, have known that fear of God has needed this third pillar, you know, and this third pillar, which is, our mainline fear of God, we've got essentials, which is, you know, excess, accessible aspiration. And I knew that we needed a uh, performance piece next to that to kind of support this trinity, so to speak, within ourself. And I knew once I had this in place that we could be complete in and of ourselves as a brand and the way that athletics and essentials and the mainline are all in relationship with each other. You know, I could look at a picture of you know, how I want to get dressed in the morning with essential sweats and a, a hoodie and a $3,000 overcoat. And what is that running sneaker or performance sneaker that needs to complete that look? And I felt like I needed these three areas to tell an honest, authentic story, you know, and that's one thing that we're always chasing is like authenticity, you know, and I don't want to make a shoe just to collab and make a, a hype sneaker. I want to make a sneaker that's rooted in the foundation of what that purposes of that of that product and so i think i've always kind of known instinctually that we've needed this third pillar and jason and i had conversations with you know some other brands that could potentially um uh be that partner for us but it wasn't until we started having conversations with adidas where we were finishing each other's sentences and it was obvious that we saw the future the same way and i didn't feel like i was I didn't feel the weight of having to sell my perspective to a footwear company. Mm. I felt like we already shared the same perspective. And that was really important for us because I had ran out of the bandwidth of trying to sell anybody on what I felt like I was doing in this space. Do you feel like this is your biggest challenge yet in terms of product? Because even where the industry is at right now, performance product and performance basketball product especially is kind of down. So, so do you see that and, and do you feel like that's something you have to kind of turn the other way? I think it's the biggest opportunity. That's what makes it so exciting. You know, it's like, it's, I, I see it as an opportunity. And I think, you know, one of the, the first things that Adidas offered to Jason and I was to help come in and also help direct uh, the category itself. And we were already super convicted that if we didn't have a, at least an opinion or a say of what's happening with the rest of the category, we're not just coming over here to uplift fear of God athletics and, you know, live in a, in a, in a silo, so to speak. We, we like the entire category and the entire brand to uplift. And so, mm -hmm. um, them giving us the opportunity to come in and, and direct the category as well, just provides us more peace and, and, and peace of mind and knowing that 
um, the way that we see the future, we have an, an opportunity to affect that through strategy, through design, through creative direction of a category that's way beyond just informing a performance company through through design, you know, through shape mm-hmm. and design and mm-hmm. hype. I, I think we're more valuable in the room and sitting at the table than we are just creating product. And, and Jason can probably, you know, speak a little deeper to that too as well. Yeah, I think, you know, for us, the game is more relevant than ever, you know? Um, and so as long as the game is going, going mm-hmm. globally, we're able to, you know, really change the artifacts of the game. So it, the categorically, you look at any, any cyclical business, you know, you'll have your ebbs and flows, but what, what isn't lost right now is the passion for competition, the passion for the sport. And it's only expanding with the inclusion of digital technology to allow people to own moments of the game, you know? And so I think for us, we're at the precipice of a completely, new um, version of basketball culture and we get to write the rules instead of adhere to the current rules and that's the exciting part a lot of people look for the easy layup because they don't want to take risk you know and for us we don't see this as a risk betting on yourself is never a risk especially if you feel prepared and called to do it and so it's just about being prepared it's about being called it's about being honest but also looking at everything as a chance to build character and to build a legacy so if this was singularly about our own egos and our reputations then that's a different conversation, but we know this is bigger than us. This is this is a generational play that'll benefit not only our children, but you know, other people's children and, and, and the game itself collectively in the game of design and the game of basketball. So that's the beautiful thing about what we're doing as entrepreneurs first, creative second, um, is that we get to, you know, kind of, you know, set a new path towards, you know, what value creation really looks like in today's market. There was the moment uh, around, you know, tw- I would say like 20, 20- 14 to 2016, 17, when it felt like Adidas was really challenging Nike when, you know, Kanye first gets signed. There was shoes, NMD, Ultra Boost, uh, Pure Boost, all those shoes. They just felt massive at the time. But then Adidas just kind of like nosedived after that. So how do you guys think that you can bring that energy back from that era of the brand? Uh, I don't know if they nosedive. I, I think our... That's a little hard. I would <laughs> say, I, as me being like the biggest, like, you see it, like the biggest okay, Adidas okay. fanatic, like, just objectively speaking, you know, like the same buzz and relevance wasn't around the company as there was in that time period. You know, Matt, like, to your point, like, we we want to speak to the Adidas fanatic. Like, we're not, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we don't feel like we're in competition with Nike, like... Yeah. I've got friends over there at Nike, and, and, and Nike gave both Jason and I a, a tremendous start in this game. And they can continue to be successful just as Adidas can be successful. I think it's really just refining um, the, the, the DNA and the, and the uh, touch points between the brand and the following um, and, and creating a product that I believe Adidas promised you know, back in the day, you know, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, and, 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 and honoring those promises today um, and, and having a greater touch point and um, conversation with, with the people that love the brand. And I think that that provides mm-hmm. us more, more than enough growth opportunity. I think if we start to look at outside of our core target, I think we, that's a slippery slope where we can can lose focus and, and, and play a game outside of the game that Adidas started to play, you know, generations ago. Jerry and Jason, both you guys, how 
excited are you to build from scratch? The Nike deal was such a big thing because you were you built your own silo from scratch. And Jason, you've had multiple models, of course. But is it is this going to be a mix in this division? And what do you are you looking forward to retooling old silhouettes and building from scratch equally, or what? I mean, I think Jason's history, my history, you guys have seen it. Like we've, you know, we've we've built from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know. Obviously, we're going to build from scratch, uh, informed by the, 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 the DNA and, and archives of, of the Adidas house. Um, but it's also going to be informed by um, the DNA of, of the Fear of God house. You know, and, and I think that's what makes this so special is, um, you know, how do we create product that's informed by the best of the two companies coming together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and not leaning too heavily on either side. Um, so it, it, it'll be a myriad of all, of, of, of all those things, Joe. Yeah. One thing, one thing to note as well is, you know, often these conversations jump to the product, but we'd be remiss if we don't mention the quality of people. You know, I think that's the most important thing that we're doing is, is, is creating an environment for people to flourish on the Adidas side, on our, our side. Cause our true first product is the culture that we create as two companies coming together. And that's just good business management. And that's the difference in how we've approached this deal is we're business owners, we're entrepreneurs. So we look at things operationally. And if the system isn't right, you know, you're not going to produce the product that moves the needle. So it really starts with us understanding each other's, you know, and, and knowing how to communicate and knowing how to hold each other accountable to a higher standard. And that's going to produce the beautiful product. If we just jumped into making things, then did we really take advantage of what this moment is? And so for us, it's way deeper than the end result, which we know is going to be flavorful because that's in our DNA. But it really is about the people. I feel like part of the opportunity there is maybe to hold Adidas accountable to a higher standard, too. I don't want to get too much into their controversy and because we're at the brand yet. But, you know, this past summer, there were people there protesting black people saying that there was kind of systemic racism in the company and, and how they could change things. So it seems like maybe, you know, in, in this business, you will have the opportunity to make sure the right people are in place and the right people are in power. I, I don't want to speak to that, but. Oh man, how do I say this, Jason? <laughs> um, I, I all I can say is that's everywhere. You know that's what I mean? That, that's 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 everywhere. You know what I mean? And and there's there's no company that's exempt from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I can even look to my company, Fear of God, and I have a heart for the least of these. And growing up black in America, um, you also the luxury of that is you are you have an innate ability to have empathy and compassion for people that have been looked over. However, if you don't have policies in place in your organization that allow for those things to, to, to turn into the, the material of that idea, then you can easily overlook that. So we have to have right. policies in place, even at fear of God to make sure that we, who are we hiring? You know, obviously my heart is that, but if I don't have a policy in place that, that allows for my heart to, to, to materialize, then, you know, it, it, it may not materialize in where my heart is at. And so, um, those issues are everywhere. And, um, as Jason mentioned, mentioned a big opportunity is to also change that culture and in, in, internally, you know, from an honest and authentic mm. pr- perspective and saying, Hey, Adidas, the reality is you were the first ones to bet on culture, you know, whether it's Jesse Owens or run DMC, like you, there's a history there. Adidas, you, you've been given opportunities to Pharrell and Kanye and Beyonce since then. 
um, and you've opened doors to black creatives and entrepreneurs in a way that other companies have not. And so the reality is the the history is there. And so maybe the policies haven't been in place and maybe there are some things that have been overlooked, but we feel like the intention and the heart has always been there. And mm-hmm. we're going to come in and, and, and help to try and put some things in place that, that, that just some checks and balances to make sure that, you know, first and foremost, the team is, um, is, is representative of, of what those ideals are. Jerry, you mentioned you wanted your own building at Nike. There's no building for you guys yet at Adidas. Is that right? Uh, we can't speak to that. But. Wait, are you getting your own building? <laughs> Already? Nah, not really. <laughs> but, but, but you showed up and, and there's this yeah. gigantic banner, you know, kind of yeah. announcing your presence there. Tell me, tell me that feeling of, of going to the Adidas headquarters in Portland and seeing that. Uh, it's an overwhelming feeling of uh, responsibility and humility. You know, it's like, you know, you, you see that and you feel the responsibility of, of the opportunity. We, we saw that and it was like, oh, man, let's can, let's stop the tour and can we just get to work? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like we, we see that and we understand, like, you know, what the expectations around this uh, new partnership are. And we're driven by that, you know. And so definitely a different a different relational starting point with Adidas than, than was at Nike. But without the Nike experience, we wouldn't have got this Adidas starting mm-hmm. point, you know? And so again, man, this isn't like a Nike versus Adidas thing. And you know, I'll say it over and over, you know, I've got a ton, ton of friends over there and there's, there's more than enough out here for both companies to continue to grow and be successful. Jason, you worked with Chris Paul, Derek Jeter, Carmelo Anthony. How excited are you to work with this roster of adidas basketball some heavy hitters on 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 this this group i mean it's 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 unique in a sense that you know this generation of athlete they understand the business of the game in a different way and so more so than just the product it's the conversations that i think we'll be able to have to help them prepare for life you know um, in a different way to see the full spectrum of their opportunity and also the full landscape of their influence and so you know having a good fortune of being a kid and working with to me, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, Derek Jeter, and, and having a good fortune of working with Mike, who I think is the most entrepreneurial athlete of all time, I saw the nuances of the game behind the game. And I think because things move so fast in today's consumer culture that a lot of the guys are trying to play catch up, you know, with, with, with the business of the sport, but they're doing a phenomenal job. You look at, you know, how they get into investing and how they're getting into diversifying the overall wealth creation. That's the part that I'm excited about because this is just one of the pillars of their portfolio opportunities and we get a chance to help them think broadly because they're going to see us not as just creatives but as business owners and entrepreneurs and that's the conversation i think that's so compelling because before we were just endorsers but now we're owners and how do you have that responsibility of ownership you know in in perpetuity and and what does that really look like when we talk about educating them off the court so it's not just what we're going to do for them on the court it's off the court as well those little small conversations that we can have when they know they can ask us about things that you know, we may have answers to that don't necessarily relate directly to what they're doing with the ball in their hand. And this goes for, you know, WNBA and NBA. We can't forget the women. Mm. I think that that's also another conversation, you know, um, that's exciting is, is how the game now is, is carving out space for the woman hooper and what she means to the game globally. So that, that's also the fun part, you know, seeing the evolution and being a part of it, but also helping to educate you know, about what other opportunities can be off the court. 
I've seen you guys, um, you know, wearing a lot of like older models of Adidas. Jerry, you've been wearing the TRX Vintage, which I was super hyped about because that shoe <laughs> launched in this or came back in the Spezial line. Jason, you've been wearing like the Oyster Holding 350s, another Spezial shoe. But um, it seems like the white Samba is the the like the team uniform and i mean rocky was <laughs> rocky was wearing them is is that like the code like if you get initiated into the fear of god athletics you got to put the white sambas on <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was i was looking for like you know when it was like a time to like you know switch the closet over again what what's what's the shoe that allows my swag to just kind of you know to, to speak before what I'm wearing on my feet. You know, I think the Sambas just kind of like amplify who you are. You know, it's just like, uh, I think they go with everything, you know, jeans, sweats, shorts, you know what I mean? Like just like one of those shoes that, you know, the, the shape, the design, the color, I love the little gray hit on the toe and, you know, that weird clay gum color and, you know, mm. the white and black, like I just, it goes with everything like and so you know and i think joe we, we talked about this and you you know you were asking like why did i like the y3 like we, yeah. you know had that you know the like, yo it goes with everything in my closet you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so the same type of emotion with the samba was like yo anything with like anything i throw on this will work with and that's what i'm going to did the deal come with some more Y3s, the prime nits that you <laughs> popped off? Still, that shoe still to me, you look at it, I would wear it like, it's still such a great shoe. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I need to, I should have added that in my deal. Like, yo, can you like, <laughs> They're hard to find. Jerry, you can't find them anymore. <laughs> it, it was funny because we were actually talking about it beforehand, Joe, and that's the shoe that you wore on sneaker shopping that Cameron yes. tried to make fun of you yes, for wearing. Yes, he did. He did. Cam thought they were Yeezys and was like, what do you, you got Yeezys on? I was like, no, these aren't Yeezys. He tried to make fun of them. And uh, and it was one where like, listen, Cam is a jokester, obviously, but it's one where you are totally comfortable that that shoe is a great shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like clown all you want. I know what it is. Yeah, that, that, that was is... one where I was totally secure. Like, come on, man. <laughs> but that's 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 the that's the essence to me of what Adidas is. Have your opinion. Like, I know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Have yeah. your have your opinion of what I got on. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. I I know the roots of this and that. And I think for us, it's kind of like just reconnecting that with culture, reconnecting that. You know, I, th- I think there's been a little bit of a disconnection. Matt, I would say there hasn't been a nosedive. There's just been a a, a, yeah. a, a, di- a disconnection. And I think we're we're here to help kind of reconnect, you know? I think it's like, just from a personal standpoint of being really into the brand, I know like the diehard people, Adidas people who love, you know, suede, running shoes and all that sort of stuff are still there. I just think a lot of the people who came over from Nike during that whole like boost hype era that like they kind of lost interest or they weren't like hooked as much as being into the brand so i'm just curious on how those people can come back you know i don't i mean if they're nike heads let them be nike heads you know i mean i'm not i'm not here to change someone's like like who they are i'm I'm here to like speak to the to to our customer you know what i mean and the customers that, pair of sambas. yeah the customers <laughs> that maybe we've lost you know because we have haven't had that connection you know and I, I think that's the differentiation i don't know maybe jason has a, a point of view there yeah i think it's just a genera- <laughs> it's just a generational shift you know a lot of the people who made the transition 
you know, uh, you know, inherited Nike from their parents or their older siblings. And you remember there was a generation that wasn't educated on the promise of Adidas. It, it, it missed out late 90s, early 2000s. There was no yeah. real conversation. And so that inflection point, you know, what people have to understand about trends is that it's always exciting at the beginning. And if you grow fast, it becomes harder and harder to sustain that conversation and sustain it in a way that where you don't compromise the value of your brand. And I think Adidas made a smart decision to not try to use gimmicks to continue that dialogue because it naturally whittled it down into the people who genuinely will rock with you, irrespective of if the product is meeting your needs. So its core demographic is there. We just have to serve him or her in an authentic way so that they can feel good about passing this brand down to their children. Like Jay said, we're not in competition with Nike. Um, if anything, we're contrasting the swoosh. You know, we're just playing our game, doing our thing. I grew up in that company. I have, you know, the godparents of my children come from that company. I love them for what they did for me, but I'm also looking at the future and what's possible um, for that kid that, that wants something a little bit different, that feels like this conversation is important to him or her, we're just trying to introduce a new narrative that is valuable for this moment. Because we can't be all things to all people, but we can super serve the people who love us the most. And that's what we're trying to do. Jason, when does that future start to pan out? Like, when do we see the first Fear of God Athletics Adidas product? Uh, you have to wait and see. 18 months? What, what does it look like, Jerry? I mean, you know, Fear of God, it's like we, we put it out when it's ready. If it's ready in a month from now, we'll put it out. You know, if it's if it's 18 months from now, we'll put it out then. So it's like, you know, the you know, we always use this analogy of, you know, being the lighthouse, you know, and, and, and directing kind of when things happen and not being reactive to when when the market says it should or when culture says it should. And we're, we're looking to put out a product that that speaks to the sustainability of the relationship. You know, we, we don't want to put something out just to put something out. We want to put something out that gives us the foundation to build this long-term um, reconnection and uh, relationship with our core customer. Have you thought already about distribution in terms of, you know, fear of God, the other pillars you have fear of God, and then you have essentials, which is a little bit more available. Do you want to create that same kind of stratification within fear of God athletics at Adidas? It, you know, how, how much is this product going to be? Is it going to be super limited? Is it going to be general release? I think we'll have some products that are super limited and we'll have some products that are super wide. You know, mm -hmm. we, we want to have accessibility to, to what we're producing. And, and, you know, there's also some things that we're, you know, maybe may a little bit more on the uh, costly side in terms of development and, the, and what that product is and, you know, may not be distributed as widely. But, you know, um, I think we'll play in, in, in both areas to, to answer your question. Is there any possibility of a Yeezy Fear of God Athletics crossover? <laughs> That's so funny you ask. I mean, we've definitely had those conversations and everything's on the table at this point and you know uh super happy to kind of be back um you know in in, in business with with yay you know who's uh, you know a, a big part of you know why i'm where where i am today um so you know everything's on the table at at, at this point um um but that's a that's a good question <laughs> Did you look to him for any guidance in terms of structure, uh, in terms of like, because it seems like he is the other person we can point to right now who has within Adidas their own, I think they refer to it as a business unit. I don't know if Fear of God Athletics was kind of broken out in the same way where it's a whole separate business unit. So did you get any of those gems from Kanye in terms of how you should structure this whole thing? Yeah, we got the full download. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So you get royalties? <laughs> I mean, it, it's, you know, it's not about royalties, you know, it's about ownership, right? You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not about a little piece, 
you know, we, we again, we believe we're bringing more to the table than something that that's beyond royalties, you know? And I think, again, when we sat down with Adidas, it was obvious that they knew that we should participate in the value that we bring to the company. And so that, that it, it wasn't like a, a fight to, to even to have that a part of the consideration. And so, um, in the way that Adidas had the heart to honor what we brought to the table, uh, in a way that we had the heart to like serve um, Adidas and, and 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 be a part of, of of what they have going on in the future. Again, it, it it there wasn't a sell on either side, and that's what made the conversations and the relationship kind of so smooth. Is that we just saw the future the same, or we saw the future the same, and in the way that the product hits the market and the way that we speak to culture and the way that the two companies should, you know, and the framework and the structure of what that should honestly be, you know, to the, to the value that we're bringing to the table. So Jerry, speaking of inking the deal, you literally inked the deal (laughs) and put the three stripe tattoo on the back of your neck. Which was a a huge moment. I mean, what was the reaction to that? The thought process to do it. Uh, well, in, in all honesty, the thought process was it was a. I felt like God gave me a vision um, years ago, and you asked a question earlier about these three different pillars of of my company, um, and as I dug into why I needed these three different pillars more and more the way that my business is set up felt like the way that God himself is set up the Trinity, you know, three and one. Mm-hmm. And so the tattoo is really speaks to me as just God saying, Hey, I've been at the foundation of this thing for you. And, um, it was just ironic that the company that provided that third killer, their logo was three stripes, you know? And so, um, whatever happens, four or five years from now or if this thing went south i'm comfortable with having the trinity on my neck because to me that's what it that's what it means um um so i I know a lot of people can can look at it and say hey that's that's three stripes but i thought i thought the brand that provided us with the opportunity to have this athletics brand and, and 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 the fact that it was three stripes there was just some really deeper meanings happening there and so um you know that's what the tattoo is about it's about him no pun intended it was like god level marketing (laughs) (laughs) real real life you know and and that's i mean everything that we do we feel like is god level in the sense that we're doing it to glorify him right and so um you know not not that it was god level marketing but i felt like i needed the people that are following me to know that this was indeed a God dream. And this is something that is beyond brand. You know, this is, this is, this really means something to me. If I'm making a move from Nike to Adidas, know that this is a destiny move. This isn't a, a, a clout chasing money chasing move. This is something that really means something to myself, to my team, to Jason, to everyone that's a part of this. Um, and so, um, Yeah. That's the kind of story behind that tattoo. Jason, did he have to convince you to make the move or you were right on board? No, nah, we were locked up. I mean, this is, like you said, it, it's the best decisions out of ones that choose you. You don't choose it. 
You know, we didn't choose Adidas. We felt like the moment chose us and Adidas was the right partner to, to, to build, you know, the momentum in this, in this, in this moment. So, you know, Jay and I have been talking, you know, for a while about, about, you know, the dreams we had as kids and the stuff we wanted to do with our own career path. And so it wasn't a hard decision at all. It was a natural, organic, I would say, just evolution away, you know, from our first kind of conversations, dreaming of what the future could look like to now. So that was the best part about this choice. It wasn't forced. It wasn't a lot of deliberation. It wasn't, oh, it's how people going to feel. It felt like the natural next step, not only in our friendship, but in our business partnerships and relationships as well. You guys talk about, and we talked a little earlier about the culture within Adidas. Um, one of the biggest, I guess, divides within the company is being a German company that's trying to gain relevance in America and all the decisions coming out of Europe. What have the conversations been with at the people at Herzo? And are they understanding of your vision or do you need to explain it a little more? Um, again, I, I, I felt as if we were finishing each other's sentences. You know, and I felt because of the disconnect and because of the fact that they are a German based company, I felt like we could bring a value there um, that they needed, you know, and, 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 and they brought a value to us in terms of, you know, worldwide innovation and performance and uh, a history of, of being able to create great product. And I think that we are in a position to authentically, um, tell that story from an honest and authentic standpoint. And um, sometimes trying to speak to your to your demographic that may be, you know, overseas and some, sometimes it can get lost in translation. And, and so we're just here to kind of smooth that, smooth that over a little bit. Have you spoken to any of the basketball players on the Adidas roster? I mean, I assume Dame Lillard and James Harden are hitting you guys up on some level excited about this partnership. Yeah, we've had some like early conversations, um, but but again, we're, we're in the early phases of, 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 of how we get involved with the athletes that are on the roster. And yeah, like our focus are the guys that are on the roster. Like we have no mm-hmm. no desires to, to bring anybody on board. We want to honor the people that have you know, committed to, to the brand and, and that have been there, you know, and, and we want to serve them first. And so, you know, we've had some conversations there and, 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 and getting some early understandings of, of, of where we can come in and help fill some holes and, and, and be of service. Mm-hmm. Was there anything you left on the cutting room floor at Nike that you wish you could have completed that you didn't get a chance to finish? The only mm-hmm. thing that I felt like I didn't get a chance to do was have enough sample rounds of the air raid. <laughs> I, 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 what happened I, to the air raid? I, I feel like I feel like the friends and family raid was the best. I think it was better than the first two in terms Love of like one. it was just it was just cleaner and I, mm. I wish I would have had more like, you know, sample rounds prior to the first two coming out and would have led with that friends and family one. But like outside of that, I mean that experience was invaluable. I, I learned a lot of what I could bring to the table. And I learned a lot about what I could not bring to the table, which is why I made a call to Jason, you know, as I, as I saw that relationship, you know, coming to an end and I said, Hey man, I, I, I feel like I have this, you know, fashion side on lock and I understand how this thing moves, but, but that, that experience at Nike and that corporate beast <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I want to play in, authenticity and performance like i need someone that understands the nuances of this you know rocking with me and you know i feel like you know jason being uh 
being the other splash brother, you know, brings a <laughs> brings a, a, a complimentary nuanced understanding of, 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 of the industry that I that I really needed. You know, I was really happy to have him on board and help our team kind of navigate this space in a way that I felt like I wasn't prepared the best to do so in our previous relationship. Yeah, Jerry, I was just going to ask your, you obviously have a big team at Fear of God, but you, it, it's your baby. You created it. You, you came up with it. What's it like to now have a duo? You're part of a duo now in this new chapter with Jason. It feels good, man. It feels, you know, it's like, you know, you, you know any, any, any God given dream is, is going to require some, some support and you can't carry it on your own shoulders. And so, I'm so happy to share this, you know, with Jason. And, and the reality is everything else that I do across Essentials and Mainline is shared across other team members as well. And so have, have been sharing and I'm excited to share more and get less and less off my plate as, as we continue to grow. And Jason has been, you know, not just a, a business partner, but a real friend in, in, in terms of checking in and, and, and making sure that, you know, the other parts of my life are are getting fed, whether that's spiritual or making sure I'm getting my rest and having someone that understands the, the weight of this position has been super, super helpful. So I love you, Jason. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> All love, bro. All love. You know, and Joe, you got a good point because a lot of people assume that there's egos involved and that, you know, you know, coming in and being number two to Jerry's number one, that somehow I'm taking a loss, but I don't see it that way. I feel tremendously blessed. It's almost like the story of Joseph in the Bible, you know, um, and not to go super spiritual, but I think a lot of what he was good at was interpreting the Pharaoh's dream. And, you know, knowing what Jerry's aspirations are, knowing that God has given me a certain experience that can help amplify that, I feel honored to be a part of this, um, something that's more meaningful and bigger than me. Because when you're out in this industry and you're building something, the thing people don't notice is the weight of, of how other people feel about your work. That's the stuff that people don't pay attention to. They see the highlights, but the lowlights are when you're by yourself wondering, can I keep producing? Can I keep this up? What are the sacrifices and the trade-offs? So to be able to be a brother and a friend and a partner in this way, you know, I know the uh, the importance of the role that I play. And I think people in this industry have to understand, play your position. You know, the, the accolades will come. You know, humility is one of the greatest forms of strength. It's not a weakness. And so by being in this position, I understand that what I represent is what it looks like to be a right hand, to be a wing, you know, wingman, to be a point person. And I think people have to understand that no, nothing that's built has ever been done by one lone individual genius. And at the end of the day, when, you know, people have an opinion about whatever Jerry has done in the past, that opinion is on me as well. And so I'm here not only to, to, to make sure that people understand that this is a whole human being, you know, what you guys see on social media is, is the end result of a lot of the behind the scenes things, the 10,000 hours that this man puts in. And, you know, I think, you know, the myth of us being in competition in this industry is just a myth. So we, we get what this moment represents for a myriad of reasons. And that's why I think it's so special, you know, um, because people are going to see, you know, like Jay called earlier, the Splash Brothers, the creative version of the Splash Brothers, which I don't think this industry has seen before. Um, and so we, we we get what this moment really truly is about. And I think you understand so well too, Jason, how much it is a team effort because you've spent so much time in the footwear industry specifically, and you know that while there may be one designer's name attached to a given model or silhouette, you know that it takes 30 people, 50 people to make one idea come into an actual shoe that is sold at a store. Mm -hmm. It's true, man. And, and it's not about, 
you know, it's not about fame. It's not about attention. It's about impact. And for me, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable, you know, being behind the scenes, you know, allowing people to flourish and, and having the, the ability to impact, you know, in, in a way that I can uniquely contribute. Um, what Jay has done, I think people really need to understand by being a bootstrap startup and what that means is all money in for this period of time. It's unprecedented to have this level of growth, this level of consistency. It's unprecedented and it takes a lot of energy and effort. So this isn't, you know, an overnight business. This is something that's here to stay for a very, very long time. And we're reaching this period in the company's growth where we're hitting scale, where you bring on new muscle for new challenges. And, you know, I, I think that's when we look back on this as a case study in entrepreneurship and business, people are going to be more impressed with the organization and the structure um, than, than I think they really, really are paying attention to right now. So to your point, you know, MJ did what he did on the court, but there was a 72 person organization, 75 person organization that translated that into operating business. Um, Cause you can have individuals that are wavy, but turning that into a business is a whole nother beast. And I think Jay having his background, you know, having an MBA, being in sports management, being in a front office of the Dodgers, people, people don't pay attention to the fact that this dude is a businessman. He's not a cool kid. You know, he happens to be cool, but how he operates his business is, is, is on par with the greats. So that's what's exciting about this. Jerry, I wanted to ask you, um, when you, when you made the announcement on Instagram, had a, I guess, an interesting footwear choice. Instead of wearing Adidas sneakers, you went with the Audelettes. Uh, <laughs> and I know people were like, oh, they're, they're waiting for the first shoe you were going to wear by Adidas and the announcement you threw on the Audelettes. What was the, the choice behind that or your, your, your love for that, that slide? I think it's the greatest, one of the greatest designs of all time, but. That day we talked about it and yeah, yeah like. <laughs> We not that we knew. I, I had a feeling like I don't know. I'm not saying I had a feeling that it was going to be that slide, but <laughs> we were taking bets on what exactly what shoes. Or no, what I was shoes. just like I totally get it. But go ahead, Jerry. I I think there was two. Just as it, just like there's a juxtaposition of like fear of God, right? Like there's like if you're in relationship with him, like you're at peace. You know what I mean? But if you don't know him, it's like you're it's you're there is a real fear there, right? And so it's like. I love this like juxtaposition of everything that we do. And the reality is like, that's how I honestly look, you know, that's, I wore that to the office that day, you know, that was thinking I might change later for the, for the headshot. But I was like, this is authentically me. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I also thought there was another side of that, that was kind of like, stunting like <laughs> we're gonna right. we're gonna we're gonna announce this with a slide like you know yeah. what i mean like have you ever seen that before <laughs> i don't think anyone's seen that before you know we're talking about sneakers but that was just the slide has been an authentic part of my you know of my wardrobe forever i remember i was rocking slides and i had a deal with nike and they were like yo can you take that post down and i was like oh my bad you know <laughs> but it, it's just been an authentic piece in my wardrobe and so it I felt like that was an honest picture of me, you know what I mean? And, and so I, I thought, I thought it was honest, you know what I mean? And yeah, maybe it was a stunt move and, and, but it, I didn't think of it like that until we start looking at the pictures. And I was like, Oh yeah, we got to show this one with the slides on it. That's like, <laughs> so we're obviously a little early from product manifestation going online but um before we get out of here what does like the next three months look like for you guys i'll let our president um speak to that <laughs> jason give us a little uh, a little behind the scenes man I, I, like i said earlier it's team 
You know, mm-hmm. you got to put the team in place. So it's everything from what we would call a pre-mortem. So a risk analysis of like what could go wrong, why did it go wrong, and how can we prevent it? To understanding, you know, the education curve that we have to now take for ourselves and for the consumer. To, you know, the operating practices that help this thing scale so that we don't have a one-hit wonder. So it's just core foundational business building before we get to the sexy stuff. It's the necessary stuff. So if anybody's listening and you want to know what it takes... It's doing the small things well consistently that leads to greatness, not doing the mm-hmm. one thing well once. So we're trying to do the small things well the first 90 days, you know? Awesome. Well, I think, listen, we can't thank you guys enough for giving for you guys giving us uh, mm-hmm. your time. Uh, very excited about this partnership and to see what you guys cook up. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely be watching. Appreciate it. We appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks yes, so sir. much, guys. Talk Thanks. soon, hopefully. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes, peace. Thank you. Peace. Thanks. Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.